The advice given on this program is general. Please consult your doctor about what is best for you. Products promoted through and advertised on or around this program are not endorsed by Dr. Sally Coburn or her guests. Now on 2GB Sydney, 3AW Melbourne, 4BC Brisbane and network stations across Australia, it's time for Saturday Night with Sally Coburn. But you do. You've got me. And I'm going to be with you for the next three hours. And it is great to be with you live across Australia. And uh, we're going to Melbourne, Sydney, Canberra, Brisbane, or anywhere you may be listening across the world via the internet. 2GB, 3AW, 4BC, or 2CC websites. So tell your friends on WhatsApp that they can listen to us via those uh, websites. We're taking your calls on 131873 in Australia or via the feedback icon at the top of your web page or phone if you are uh, able to access that. And we've got lots and lots of edutainment in store. Now, I know that annoys Darren Hinch every time I say that word. We'll have to get Darren Hinch on one day to explain. Edutainment, it's sort of the mishmash of fun and something that you may learn, and we'll be doing that over the next three hours. Now, later in the show, I want to hear from you about how you're feeling in your days. Are you doing any online courses? I've actually done one and a half. We'll be speaking to the president of U3A, the University of the Third Age, online about some really fabulous options. And they don't need to be geeky. You'll enjoy them. So stay with us for that. Also, we'll have some fun with music guru, as we always do, Paul Cashmere from Noise 11. And we want to hear about your favourite stay-at-home songs. Also... Your COVID parodies, your favourite ones. In fact, one of our fabulous listeners has already offered to perform his tonight, so stay with us for that as well. But first, always in the first hour, it's about your health. And at this time of COVID curve flattening, we really need to know what the restrictions are and how we're going to take a look at dealing with some very important stuff. Maybe it's affected you, and that is dealing with grief and the social rituals associated. We'll be talking to the CEO of the Centre for Grief and Bereavement Australia, and they've got some news about an upcoming webinar that I think you'll find very useful. Uh, but also, we bring you the top experts to bust the myths and tell us the latest COVID information. And although we go to four states, we'll be talking to outspoken Chief uh, Health Officer of Victoria, Professor Brett Sutton, about why there seems to be a perception that there are differences in advice between states and maybe between countries. And maybe he'll be able to put us straight as to what's going on there. But first, as we always do at this time, the fabulous, the wonderful Professor Michael Kidd. He is the he is the principal medical advisor to the Federal Department of Health. He's professor of primary uh, care reform at the Australian Universe, National University. He's also a director of the WHO Collaborating Centre on the Family Medicine and Primary Care. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Sally. How are you? Hey, uh, this is a question without notice. WHO. I reckon they wouldn't be feeling too happy about what's going on um, with the American president saying they need to be looked into. Well, uh, I, I think that we always need to look at uh, decisions which have been made and learn mm -hmm. from uh, things which have happened in the past. Um, that's what we do as doctors all the time. But I think the decision to announce a huge cut in funding mm -hmm. to the WHO 
doesn't hurt the WHO. The people it hurts are people in developing countries all around the world who benefit from WHO programs, programs to immunise children against deadly diseases, programs to make sure that it is safe for women to have their babies, programs to tackle HIV and tuberculosis and malaria, and at this time, programs to help low-income countries to prepare and to respond to the COVID pandemic. So this is exactly not the time to be cutting funds to these essential services that the WHO provides to so many millions and millions of people all around the world. Couldn't agree more with you, and I I think it's a knee-jerk reaction. Um, As you say, we all need to be under scrutiny all the time, but uh, but really defunding a a critical um, organisation like that just seems a little bit over the top. Um, Michael, we've actually got Peter on the line who's got a clinical question. I'm not sure um, whether you can answer this. Uh, Well, Peter, go ahead. Hi, Shelley. How are you? Very well, thank you, Peter. And on the line is Professor Michael Kidd. Great to hear from you. Um, I'm just wondering, like, oh, OK, I heard on the news just on the set of the there's 1,300 people who think will take a few in Victoria with the virus. OK? Mm-hmm. Now, of those 1,300, there's only 40 in hospital. Now, all the rest are at home, are they? In, in, in isolation? Really? Yeah, really good question, Peter. Michael, I think, I think that is a really uh, very interesting thing to understand, which is... Um, there's some people in hospital, there's some people in, in isolation at home, uh, and do they need treatment at home? And if so, where are they getting it from? Yes, yeah. Treatment. Hmm. Yeah, no, um, very good question, Peter. And, uh, and look, out, out of the total number of people who've been diagnosed as being positive, of course, uh, a, a number have uh, recovered uh, from their illness, and so they're, uh, and, uh, they're back and doing things that they were doing before, of course, with the same social restrictions that the rest of us are under. Um, Some people get a very mild uh, illness and some people uh, don't require uh, any medical attention uh, at all. And indeed, what we've seen over the last week is some people, the illness can be so mild that they don't realise that they have COVID-19 and they can go into uh, other places. And this is especially of concern with people working in healthcare or working in residential aged care facilities. Uh, can go in and actually transmit the virus to uh, other people who can get very, very sick. So it's really mm. important that anybody who has even the slightest scratchiness in their throat, a little bit of feeling ache, aches and pains, um, contacts their GP, uh, make sure uh, could this be uh, COVID-19 and stays at home until they've got a definitive diagnosis that yes, it is, or it's something else and, uh, and it's okay. But um, only small numbers of people end up getting really seriously uh, unwell and end up in hospital or in intensive care units. But with a virus which can affect the entire community, small numbers very quickly add up to very large numbers of people in hospital. And that's but what Michael, we're doing I'm, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back to the central question uh, because I think it is a general practice question, which is if someone's not sick enough to go to hospital, but they do have symptoms of um, coronavirus, which may feel like a flu-like illness, um, the treatment is your normal management of a viral flu-like illness. Absolutely. So uh, ring your GP and of course now your GP can consult with you using telehealth, either using the phone or video conference and can give you direct advice about managing symptoms. Uh, yeah, the, the symptoms can be the same with paracetamol to help bring down your fever, lots of fluids uh, to help to make sure that you stay well hydrated. But some people can become really quite unwell yeah. with, uh, with drenching fevers and uh, becoming 
are very short of breath. And if people have been mild for a few days but then suddenly experience just having great difficulty uh, breathing, it's very important that they ring an ambulance and, uh, and get urgent attention. And um, Mike, uh, thanks, Peter, and thank, I hope that answers your question. And uh, obviously, calling an ambulance is still an option that you can take. And I think a lot of people sometimes may be frightened to do that. Um, but uh, the phone app we've just heard on the news about Michael and uh, the uh, the federal people are saying that it's okay to to use it. It's voluntary, but it's safe. Yeah. So uh, the phone app is one of a number of measures. The Prime Minister announced this week that we've got another four weeks. Uh, of these uh, measures that we've got in place with the lockdowns and people staying at home and only going out uh, when absolutely necessary for uh, the the things that we're allowed to do. But there are three three things which are going to be happening over the next four weeks. One is we're going to be increasing the amount of testing. Even though Australia is doing a lot of testing, we now have more test kits available. So we'll be doing more testing, especially in areas of the country where there are uh, current outbreaks of COVID-19. Uh, we're going to be doing more contact tracing, so following up uh, with someone who is diagnosed as positive to go and contact uh, all of their uh, close contacts, people they, uh, they've been in close contact with over the preceding mm. uh, week or so. And the app is part of that. The app, once it's introduced, will help us uh, to do some of that contact tracing by identifying uh, who we might have been uh, close to or at least who our phones have been close to uh, over the uh, over the preceding week. And the third thing is ramping up our response. So when we do get an outbreak, we can sweep in very quickly, uh, quarantine everybody who might be at risk, do the testing and work out uh, who's uh, got the uh, virus and who hasn't. Mm -hmm. And I think we've seen a, a good example of that this week with the uh, the very rapid response by the Tasmanian public health authorities mm -hmm. to the outbreak in those two hospitals in the northwest Absolutely. of that state. Can I ask you a data question? And that is, um, again, we've heard on the news today that uh, the passengers from the cruise ships, uh, there's passengers from cruise ships who've got COVID-19. Uh, are we counting the people who usually live somewhere else who are sick and need to go to hospital in our figures or do they go into the figures of the country they came from when they come from a cruise ship? Yeah, so the figures are for people who are in Australia. So that okay. includes Australian citizens who are here, but also there are many visitors who are here and who are stuck in the country with the, uh, the lockdown that's happened. Many people are here on tourist uh, visas or on working visas uh, and, uh, and people who have uh, come off cruise ships because they've been so gravely unwell and have had to be admitted to hospitals here in now, Australia. Michael, so they're counted in our figures. Yep. Sure. Michael, you said that um, the PM announced that we'll be in lockdown for four weeks. There's all sorts of chatter in social media about, you know, when are we going to be allowed out, Mum? And um, I take it from that announcement that lockdown will be for four weeks, then lockdown will be for at least four weeks before they reassess it. Not that they're necessarily going to lift lockdown in four weeks. Would that be right? Yes, so the assessment, the, the National Cabinet will be looking at things four weeks from now to decide what happens next. And, you know, we've got to remember, Sally, that we're dealing with a virus which can be deadly and it's still in our community. We haven't eliminated it from Australia. The numbers are, are falling and we've, we're looking at about 50 new people being diagnosed a day, which is um, a dramatic reduction from what mm. we were seeing just two or three weeks ago. So the measures are working and, you know, as, as a member of the Department of Health, I just want to say again, thank you to all your listeners for the amazing uh, contributions that everybody is making to tackling this virus, to flattening the curve and to protecting lives. And Michael, can I ask you a question? I've known you for many, many 30 years and I know you well enough to know the answer to this. 
If you were in being pressurised by a politician, would you still speak your mind? Uh, Sally, look, I'm, I'm working for the public service, so I'm providing advice to the public service, but I am uh, instructed that when I don't agree with, uh, with what's being said, that I'm to tell the people I'm working with um, I don't agree. Uh, oh. And so, yes, I am speaking my mind, and I'm doing that on behalf of the people of Australia. That's part of my job. Thank you, Michael. And it's great to speak to you. We look forward to next week to hearing more about what's going on in the federal scene. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks, Sally, and thanks for all you're doing too. Thank you. That's uh, Professor Michael Kidd, who is the Principal Medical Advisor to the Federal Department of Health. And I asked that question because uh, after the break, we're going to be speaking to another Chief Health Officer. And this is Brett Sutton, Professor Brett Sutton, the Chief Health Officer of Victoria. Now, you may say, what relevance has that got to me in Brisbane or Sydney or Canberra? Well, it's got a lot of relevance because Brett is another one who speaks his mind. And uh, he's going to tell us a little about what's going on in Victoria because some of the stuff in Victoria is a little different to elsewhere. We're going to take a break and come back with more. <laughs> 